just returned home yesterday evening, September 22nd, to Columbus, Ohio, after a visit with my mom in South Carolina. Bluffton, South Carolina, to be precise, which is just west of Hilton Head. I had been making loose plans to go have a little family vacation down at my mom's at some point this summer with my son and my daughter. Kind of a last hurrah because they're both adults now. My son turned 18 and my daughter turned 19 earlier this year. And I know that as people become adults and they get older, rapidly things change. It would get in the way of us potentially being able to actually have a full family vacation anytime in the upcoming years. You know, whether it's boyfriends, girlfriends, jobs, things like that, their lives are going to take a separate direction. I understand that. So I thought I'm going to try and seize this opportunity. However, because I am also a live musician, once COVID started to slow down and the bars were starting to book acts a little more frequently, my calendar was filling up, so it was becoming more difficult for me to find a block of time in the summer to make this trip. So it wasn't until probably early August that I was able to finally say, okay, here's a block of days that I can do. And I kind of specifically picked those days because not only did they work with my booking schedule, but it would have me arriving in South Carolina on September 18th, which is the one year anniversary of my stepfather passing away from stage four throat and tongue cancer. And I thought that would be good for my mom to be surrounded by family and her grandkids and, you know, help take her mind off of things as much as possible during a time that I knew would be difficult for her. Upon talking to the kids about this proposed block of days, I was made aware of the fact that my daughter had already made plans with her boyfriend to go visit my mom in early September or late August. It was like a few weeks ago. I don't remember exactly when, but they went down and saw my mom for a few days and then went up to Myrtle Beach for a few days after that. So trying to get her to be a part of this excursion just three weeks later with work and scheduling and all that stuff, it just wasn't going to happen. So this trip ended up just being my son and I, which just speaks to what I just said about the fact that it's going to be difficult moving forward trying to make schedules happen because they are making their own plans at this point. So the plan was to leave on Saturday, September 18th, drive 10 hours on Saturday, September 18th, visit with my mom Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then drive back on Wednesday, the 22nd. I purposefully did that because I frequently play at different venues on Thursdays and sometimes those gigs are offered to me with one or two weeks notice. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure I don't have any gigs on that weekend. So let's go ahead and squeeze this block in between these two Thursdays as bookends, which didn't end up mattering anyway, because I didn't play either of those Thursdays. Had I known that, I would have taken up my mom on the offer to buy us Allegiant airfare, which is very cheap. And they fly out of Rickenbacker Airport here in Columbus, and they fly into Savannah, which isn't far from my mom's, and she would just pick us up there. However, because they're a cheaper airline, they offer mm, a little less availability. The only flight options were on Thursday or Sunday. And at the time, because I said these Thursday shows can just pop up with very short notice, I didn't want to pick a flight in or out on a Thursday. So... We drove. Anyway, so it's Friday night, the night before we're leaving. Well, Friday evening. We'll back up a little bit. I've spent the whole day just preparing and planning and doing all kinds of stuff. A lot of what I had to do to prepare for this trip was actually to record multiple podcasts 
in order to keep the content consistent. For you guys, you're fucking welcome, you needy pieces of shit. But no, I had to make two podcasts, and then I launched one on Friday, uh, the day before we left, and then I scheduled the dosed and overdiagnosed episode to release on Tuesday, knowing that I would be home on Wednesday and would then be able to record and produce an episode that I could probably get out within a few days after arriving home. But I'm, you know, doing shit around the house, and Skylar pops in like he does all the time, saying, I'm gonna, oh, I'm just grabbing something, and then I'm leaving. It's probably like 9 o'clock at night, and I had been telling him all week, do a load of laundry so you're packing nice, clean clothes, and you have plenty of clothes to choose from for the trip. He's like, oh, yeah, I know that's what I'm doing, of course. No, that's probably, he would not have done that had I not reminded him, but that's fine. So he throws a load in the washer. Couple hours goes by. I'm needing to go to bed soon because I have to wake up early and drive for 10 hours. So I put his clothes in the dryer. I normally wouldn't do that when it comes to laundry and stuff. That's their problem. If I don't have something I absolutely need to be doing in the laundry, I will let their shit sit. It's not my problem. So now it's getting a little later and he's still not home. It's probably like 11 o'clock and I need to go to bed soon because I have to drive 10 hours the next day through the mountains of West Virginia. Those are fun. So despite the fact that I normally wouldn't do this under normal circumstances, I moved his laundry from the washer to the dryer and started the dryer. It's like, okay, well, whenever he gets home, hopefully soon, because we have to go to bed, he can fold his clothes and pack his shit up. It is now 12.15 a.m. after midnight, but he's still not home. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? God damn it! But just being the person that wants to be overly prepared, I went even further and did something I would normally never do unless I absolutely needed to. And I took his clothes out of the dryer and I folded them for him and set them on top of the dryer. Like, all right, now all he's got to do is stick them in his bag. He finally gets home like five, ten minutes after that happens. I am ready to go upstairs and go to bed. I'm already past the point of when I should have gone to bed. And I'm like, hey, your laundry is in there. Make sure this, make sure you pack that, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, all right, all right. I said, all right, well, you need to do that because we're leaving at 7 a.m. He goes, we're leaving at 7, we're leaving Sunday, right? No, we're leaving in six and a half hours. We're leaving tomorrow on Saturday. So that's basically how the trip started was with less than seven hours before we were getting in the van, my son informed me that he was off by a day. So we get on our way the next morning, and I will say we may have set a record. Between two people on a 10-hour drive, there was only one piss. That was me when we stopped to get gas and lunch. He said he didn't need to pee, so we may be the bladder champions of the world. But going back to the mountains and the curvy roads of West Virginia, I have a horrible fear of heights. Horrible. I can't even climb up a ladder to be eye level with my roof. I mean, I can, but I don't like it. I sure as shit can't get up on the roof. And these winding roads where just beside you is just like a a drop-off where there's this little guardrail here. It's going to protect you from this three-mile drop. But what I've realized, like, with my fear of heights, it's always given me kind of a sense of vertigo. Like, in Columbus, Ohio, if you drive to Cincinnati, Ohio, there is a bridge that you have to go over on 71 South. And the road does not elevate. It just goes flat. But you go over this bridge, and the the world, the earth, just cuts out into this river way down there. 
way below you, and all of us, like, that weirds me out. Like, I almost have to close my eyes or squint them as I make it across that bridge. That is what West Virginia and most of Virginia is like for, like, two and a half hours. I have not made this trip to my mom's in a few years, so I didn't realize that as I'm getting older, my phobias and my the vertigo associated with my fear of heights has gotten much worse. I was white-knuckling my ass through West Virginia, through Virginia, hit a little rain in Virginia. That didn't help. And by the time I got to North Carolina, my brain was so frazzled that just making a gentle curve on the freeway was messing with my head. All I wanted to do was get there. And then finally I hit, I believe it's 95, which takes me down to get to the exit, which then once I'm off the exit, I get off on this exit and I drive a little bit through this kind of commercial wide roads, like multi-lane on each side. And then Sun City, the community my mom lives in in Bluffton is on the right. My GPS is telling me, get off 95. And I said, okay, you're the GPS, you must be right. And I immediately get off and say, where the fuck am I? This is not right, this is not that commercial road. But the time, the distance, and all that stuff to get there is still right, and I'm like, well, maybe this is the faster way. It took me these weird fucking back roads ways where I literally drove past two signs that had an arrow and said, this way to 95. It's like, I just got off 95. Why have I seen two signs telling me to go to 95? That means they dumped me off way early. And all I wanted to do was get the fuck out of the car because my head and my focus was shot. But we made it. We made it safely, obviously, since I'm recording this episode of the podcast. All right. So the drive aside, I already knew going into the trip that it was going to be shit weather the entire time because I have modern technology and I was able to look at the weather down in South Carolina in her area and it was shit. It was rain. It was rain. It was rain. It was thunderstorms. It was rain. It was thunderstorms and thunderstorms and then more rain. I did pack a pair of swim trunks. However, by the end of the visit, I will tell you that I did not even see the ocean. We didn't even bother driving out to where the ocean is because the weather was shite. So that first night, that first evening, we're essentially trying to plan out what we're going to do the next three days, understanding that we're going to be dealing with weather almost the entire time. Also that first evening, I was referring to my son as Miss Daisy because he spent the entire 10-hour trip during my vertigo filled drive on the back seat of the van. Yes, I have a minivan. That's right, ladies. I'm a playa. No, I'm a musician, so a minivan is the most sensible thing for transporting my equipment. But I had the back seat kind of folded up so that if he wanted to lay down when we started the trip and sleep for a little bit, he could. I will tell you right now, let's go ahead and include the trip home. Skylar did not spend one second in the passenger seat of the van during the entire trip. Thank you, Miss Daisy. So the first day of the visit, this would have been Sunday the 19th, that was going to be the clearest, least rainiest day. So we decided we were going to go visit the cemetery and see Bob, my stepdad's grave. He's an ex-Marine and he is buried in a cemetery in Beaufort, South Carolina. The day started with my mom making a ginormous breakfast for both of us. And I will be honest, I'm not a breakfast person. I will wake up and within maybe two to three hours of waking up, I'll have a yogurt or a banana. And then a couple hours after that, 
I'll be ready for a meal. I am not a breakfast guy. Within 45 minutes of waking up, I am given a plate that has three full-size pancakes, three scrambled eggs, and 847 slices of crispy bacon. All right, I may be exaggerating on the bacon, but it was a lot of fucking bacon. I muscled my way through this meal, although I will be honest and say that two of those last pieces of bacon I had to put on my mom's plate and say, you can have them if you want, you made them, I cannot do it, I'm done. So day one was pretty much the start of our absolute failure on time management. This whole visit would be an exercise in horrible time management. So knowing that we were going to be going to the cemetery that next day and we had kind of got our plan in place, my mom called the next morning before making a ginormous breakfast and made five o'clock reservations at a restaurant that she really likes called Fish Camp on 11th in Port Royal, South Carolina. This is not far from Beaufort, South Carolina, where the cemetery is that we were going to. My mom needed to stop at Walmart and buy a few things and go to Lowe's and return a vacuum cleaner she bought that just didn't work. So we go and do those two things and go to the cemetery and... All of that didn't take as much time as we may have anticipated. And it's about 2.30 in the afternoon. We're 10 minutes from the restaurant. We're over a half hour away from my mom's house. So it's not like you're going to drive back home and then go back out for dinner because she lives in Bluffton, not in Beaufort. And Port Royal is kind of just outside of Beaufort. So now that our perfect exercise and poor time management has left us two and a half hours until dinner, my mom's like, well, I mean, do you guys, do you want me to call and see if we can just eat sooner? I said, you just fed me so much shit a few hours ago. I can try to eat, but I'll probably take most of it home. So instead, she's like, okay, well, we'll drive around historic Beaufort and I'll show you some stuff to try and kill some time. That took about 20 minutes. And a little before three o'clock, we are parked in the parking lot at Fish Camp with a reservation a little more than two hours away. At this point, I'm like, you know what? I I can I can eat I can eat some food. It's it's been four or five hours or something since we had breakfast, so uh, you know I'm not starving, but yeah, I can eat. So go ahead and call them. So from the parking lot, my mom calls Fish Camp. We're we're just feet away from the entrance, mind you, but she calls them and asks, "Can we get in now?" It's you know, like I said, almost three o'clock, and they said, "Well, yeah, we can get you in now, but we don't have a dinner menu until four o'clock." So the next question is, well, can we move our five o'clock reservation to four o'clock? And they said, yes. So now we're still sitting in the parking lot with a little over an hour to kill. So we walk up to the outdoor bar area and my mom's like, well, let's just get some drinks. Let's get some appetizers. And then at four o'clock, we'll go inside and have a meal. So my son had been mentioning the night before that he was really interested in trying gator or typically what it's called down south, gator bites. It's more of an appetizer. It's chunks of gator meat, deep fried, blackened, grilled, whatever. Now, Fish Camp has gator bites as an appetizer. However, we had already planned, given the rain and all that stuff, to go down to Savannah on Monday, the next day, and there was a restaurant she wanted to take us to that had gator bites. So instead of ordering the gator bites at Fish Camp, my mom ordered the calamari slash fried pickles and the hush puppies, both of which were basically enough to be a meal for one person. The hush puppies were giant. They were delicious, but they were huge. You know, about the same size that you would imagine the testicles of a Clydesdale. Yummy! <laughs> 
And as I mentioned with the slash, the calamari was not just an appetizer of calamari. It was fried calamari and fried pickles. This was a full-size plate piled high. It was delicious, don't get me wrong, but I was already not like starving. And we're only an hour away now from ordering a full meal. Needless to say, I did not dive into the appetizers that much. I do want to give a shout out to Chappie, one of the bartenders at Fish Camp, who shortly before we were able to move to our table at four o'clock, when the dinner menu was available, stood in front of me and put a three quarters full bottle of Coors Light in front of me and said, do you want this? Do you like Coors Light? First off, Chappie, Coors Light is what I keep in my fridge. So she has an amazing bartender radar to have just picked me out of an almost full bar and realized I am the one who wants this. Apparently she was making a drink that used part of the bottle of Coors Light, but the majority of it was still left in the bottle. And she said, I don't want to dump this. Would you like this? I said, yes. Who turns down free beer, lunatics, and serial killers? That's who. But Chappie, you were very kind and very hospitable and thank Thank you very much for that three quarters of a Coors Light. I will say that by the time we were seated and we got our food, it was amazing. It was delicious. I will recommend it highly. My son Skyler, right when he was finishing his meal, said this is the best meal I've ever had. So, And I've raised him to be an explorative eater. He had like some crusted grouper on top of asparagus or I think it was broccolini maybe and mashed potatoes. Not necessarily what you would expect an 18-year-old to order, but I raised him right and he loved it. And despite the fact that it made me feel bad about all the shit that I've made for him, that this was better than all of that, I want to make sure I get props to Fish Camp on 11th. And if you're in the Beaufort or Port Royal area, please go check them out. Now, while the food was delicious, I have a background in branding and brand management and marketing. And I have to say this, if you're listening, Fish Camp, when, you, when you're walking towards the front door, there's like a little kind of ramp that you walk up. And just off to the left is like a, a rowboat. It's decor, you know, it's to try and create the scene because you're right on this little inlet of water and there's shrimp boats right there that you can see like real shrimp boats, not props. However, this rowboat is a prop. It's real, but it's, you know, not being used. And on the side of the rowboat, it says fish camp on 11th, 1-1-S-T, not 11th, 11th. And I'm looking at it like that's the branding and marketing guy in me that immediately saw that before we even walked up this ramp. I'm like, 11th? That doesn't make any sense. Well, maybe it's some peculiar thing they do. And then we got up to the bar and I realized all of their other, you know, menus and marketing said fish camp on 11th. So fish camp, your food is delicious. Your service is amazing. Your grammar, not so much. As we got in the car to leave fish camp, like literally the second after we got in the car, sprinkles started hitting the windshield. That's when the rain began. We made it through one day. That's fine. We have one clear day. We went back to my mom's. We enjoyed a movie and some TV. And the next morning I was wise enough to let my mom know, hey, maybe just like two smaller pancakes and one slice of bacon, which she accommodated. My son made the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. And my mother was more than happy to accommodate this weird concoction, which was a sandwich, a breakfast sandwich that consisted of two pancakes as the, I guess, bread. And on the inside was scrambled eggs, bacon. Okay, everything sounds, that's not so bad, Jeff. Wait, I'm not done. 
strawberries and whipped cream. Okay, yeah, you can go ahead and vomit in your lap now. I don't know why. He actually enjoyed it so much that he had the same sandwich the next day with sausage instead of bacon. But anyway, day two was our day to go to Savannah, and it was pouring rain pretty much the entire day. And my mom wanted to give us a tour. She likes to do tours of Savannah. She tried to do this years and years ago when my kids were in car seats, and I was down there visiting. And we got turned around so many times and things went wrong so many times on the tour that my stepdad, rest in peace, dubbed the tour Brenda's Fucked Up Tours. But my mom has been working hard on refining the tour and wanted to redeem herself. So she needed to take us to Savannah and redeem herself. So she had scheduled a tour of a old mansion I believe it's called the Sorrel Weed House or Weed Sorrel Mansion. I don't know. Something about Sorrel. Something about weed. Something about house. So she'd scheduled that tour because she's like, this is the most haunted house in Georgia. And she knows I like a haunted house. I've done, I've gone and stayed in the most haunted houses in Ohio, the most haunted hotels, all that shit. I don't really believe in it, but I like to test the water. Tempt fate a little bit, if you will. Even though I also don't believe in fate. But prior to that, we got Brenda's Fucked Up Tours new and revised where there were no mistakes. And I will say, because my mom is a listener of my show, very well executed, very well done. I only saw the pirate house once. That's an inside joke. Deal with it. But thank you, mom. You did a good job. Well done. And I will also say that you had to do it in pretty much pouring rain. So even better. After that, we parked in a parking garage. We went over to the Sorrel Weed House for the tour. Unfortunately, we found out that during the day, if you do a tour of that house, all you're going to learn about is the architecture and history. Nothing about ghosts or hauntings. You have to come back at like 1130 at night if you want to hear that shit. So that was a little disappointing, I think, for all of us because we had been looking forward to that aspect of it. Also, we had a tour guide who liked to tell stories about himself a little bit more than he liked to actually stick to the the task of telling us about the house. In fact, I will tell you that I have no idea why it's called the Sorrel Weed House. I understand Sorrel was the surname of the family that started the house and was prominent and blah, 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 blah. Never did weed come up. And I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about the word weed, Sorrel hyphen weed house mansion, whatever. I'm probably getting this shit wrong. But he failed to even explain how the word weed is part of the name that is etched into a placard outside of the house in historical Savannah, Georgia. So after that tour of the house was finished and we were all thankful to be out, we then went to Riverwalk on Savannah River, where I've been many times before. My mom wanted to take us to a restaurant because, as I mentioned earlier, they had gator bites, which we didn't get the gator bites at fish camp because that was the whole point. She knew Skylar wanted gator bites, so she planned going to this place because she knew they had them there. So the restaurant on Riverwalk that we went to was called Fiddler's, uh, Fiddler's something, Crab and Oyster Bar maybe. Let's just call it Fiddler's in case I'm getting that wrong. So almost immediately after sitting down, my son picks up a small square piece of paper in the middle of the table and laughs and hands it to me, which says, due to a current shortage, we currently don't have gator bites. Son of a bitch! 
We purposefully did not order the Gator Bites the day before and instead loaded up on calamari and fried pickles and hush puppies because we thought we were getting Gator Bites the next day. I will say while I want to give a shout out to people that were extremely kind to us, we did have a server. I didn't catch her name. However, I might know her name because immediately upon walking up to the table, she looked at my mom's shirt and said, I love your shirt. I could not reach into my wallet and get my business card out fast enough because my mom was wearing my Dragonfly design t-shirt from my Etsy store, Broken Record Studio. And I'm like, oh, you like that shirt? Here, you should buy the shirt. Here, here, here's a link to my, here's a the, the, the URL. I was a fumbly little whore with my business card. And again, while I did not get her name, I will say on the drive home yesterday, I was alerted that someone favorited that shirt and the person, all I see is the first name or the username, which is Jasmine. So perhaps Jasmine is the server that helped us at Fiddler's. And if so, thank you so much. Here's your shout out, Jasmine. Thank you for amazing service. And thank you for actually following the link on the card and favoriting the shirt. I really do appreciate that. But again, the food was amazing. My mom had shrimp and grits, which that would normally never like appeal to me at a restaurant. I got crab stuffed flounder, which was really good, but my mom made me try her shrimp and grits, and I will say the shrimp and grits there, holy shit. I was extremely jealous that I did not have a big fucking bowl of her shrimp and grits in front of me. So if you find yourself on Riverwalk in Savannah, Georgia, and you find yourself in Fiddler's Restaurant off of just one bottle. I would highly recommend the shrimp and grits. So that concluded our rainy Monday. So now we get to Tuesday. This is the last full day we're going to be there visiting because we're going to leave early the next morning. Gator Bites had eluded us for the previous two days. First day by choice, second day by shortage of product. We knew the weather was shit, so we decided, fuck it, we're just going to go see a movie and try and do some other stuff to fill the day up. Of course, my son had another one of his ridiculous breakfast sandwiches. I again had two little pancakes and a couple pieces of sausage. We were on sausage now, not bacon. We're changing things up and keeping it interesting. So the movie was at 4.45, so we're trying to time what we're going to do before then because I wanted to stop at an outlet mall not far from my mom's house to shop for a new pair of shoes because my current shoes that I've only had for six months are starting to separate the sole from the actual shoe around the toe and it's just that separation is getting bigger and bigger and I know it's only a matter of time until my shoe is just flapping around when I walk. It's like a reverse flip-flop. But I also wanted to make sure that Skylar was getting Gator Bites. So I had researched. There was a place not far from the outlet mall, not far from the movie theater called Tailgators. Tail, G-A-T-O-R-S. Gator was in the fucking name. And if you looked on their website, the first thing listed on the appetizer menu was Gator Bites. I thought if any place is going to have Gators and not be out of Gator... It's going to be the place called Tail Gator. Even the G they used in their logo is the tail of an alligator that kind of sits on top of the A-T-O-R-S. 
which I think is good branding. It's actually much better than Fish Camp at 11. I'm sorry, Fish Camp. You know I love you. Sadly, this day would prove to be another perfect exercise in poor time management. We left the house around 1 o'clock. Keep in mind the movie is at 4.45, so we're thinking we're going to go to the outlet mall, we're going to shop a little bit, we're going to go to tailgaters, hey, we're going to spend at least an hour there, and then we'll go to the movie. And then after that, Skylar, my son, had wanted spaghetti and meatballs. That's what he said. That You know, I'm in the mood for spaghetti and meatballs. So there was an Italian place that my mom was like, okay, we'll go to Giuseppe's or Giovanni's or Geppetto's. I don't remember exactly the name. Geppetto, I think, is from Pinocchio. That's probably not it. But that was the plan to go to Geppetto's after the movie. So we get to the outlet store, and I'm an efficient shopper. What can I say? We were out of there in 10 minutes. So we already know and are laughing about the fact that we have misjudged time again. But we go to Tailgaters. We sit down. The place is pretty much empty, save for a few people at the bar. My idea was to just get like an appetizer, maybe two, of Gator Bites. Just get a little food in our bellies, go to the movie, and then have a big carb-loaded Italian meal afterwards. Instead, my mom decides that she wants to order pretty much every appetizer on the menu. So here is the order that we place. This is, you know, mind you, all of two and a half hours after Skylar ate his pancake sandwich filled with eggs, sausage, whipped cream, and strawberries. Yes, I know. Please throw up in your lap again. That's fine. So we order, well, I don't want to say we. I didn't place the order. This was not my idea. And I will say that when we looked at the menu, my mom's like, what do you guys want? And I'm just thinking gator bites. That's why we're fucking here. But Skylar's like, oh, they got chicken fingers. So now all of a sudden it's more than gator bites. Well, before we order anything, we ask the server when she comes up to us. We were, we're here for some gator bites. Do you have gator bites? Are they in stock? Please tell me they're available. You have the word gator in your name. And she said, actually, I'm not sure. We recently ran out. Let me go check with the kitchen. And it's like, fuck me. But a few seconds later, she comes out and says, yep, they just got some in. They're cutting it up. It's going to be super fresh. Yay! But that was not enough. So instead, here's the order my mother placed. We'll have some fried gator bites. The chicken fingers, which let me point out, the chicken fingers was actually a giant basket with four huge chicken strips. These were not fingers. And fries. She also ordered the macaroni and cheese bites and a quesadilla. Mind you, this is for three people who just had breakfast a few hours before. We have just ordered four appetizers. The waitress came back and said, sorry, we're, I just found out we don't have macaroni and cheese bites. Would you like some cheese sticks? And my mom says, yeah, that'd be good. So now, within a matter of minutes, they're bringing us out four huge plates of Gator Bites, chicken strips with fries, which in and of itself was a meal, mozzarella sticks, and a quesadilla. I had a couple Gator Bites. I've had them before. My mom had a couple, and then I said, Skylar, you finish them. He was demolishing the chicken strips as well and the fries. I had two mozzarella sticks and one and a half pieces of the quesadilla, which was like folded in half, so it was cut into fours. 
I didn't eat a ton. Skyler had no quesadilla, but he ate all of the chicken strips, the fries, the rest of the mozzarella sticks that I didn't have, the rest of the gator bites other than the four that were taken by my mom and myself. And at the end of that appetizer debacle, you could see that Skyler was not very comfortable. Even worse, we were done eating and still had almost two hours until the movie started. Son of a bitch! So we basically sat and loitered at the table for about 45 minutes, just, you know, looking at our phones, playing games, trying to keep ourselves busy, until eventually we knew that we could go to the movie theater and not have to sit in the car for a half hour. So following the movie, which the movie we saw was Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds, I give it a thumbs up, good movie, very entertaining. We're now gonna go get Italian food, spaghetti and meatballs that Skylar requested from Giuseppe's and about two blocks from the restaurant, Skylar makes it known that he's not going to be able to eat that much because he is still stuffed from the appetizer extravaganza of fried food that was pumped into his system. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not that hungry. I could eat, but I'm not starving. My mom's like, well, I'm not that hungry either. Why are we even here? So we turned around and went back and had another night of TV and relaxation. And that last night was very good. It was very cathartic. We had some good discussions about my stepdad, Bob, and some tears were shed, some laughs were had. Overall, it was a fantastic way to end the week and much needed emotionally. However, I think we all drank a little more than we expected, and I had to drive the next day. Not even that, but the drive, the weather, the forecast was so bad that I was contemplating taking a different route, because it looked like the entire day I was going to be driving in downpour, thunderstorms, every single state, every single major city between Bluffton, South Carolina, and Columbus, Ohio. And I was super concerned with the vertigo that I dealt with on the way down that how am I going to deal with the drive back if I am in pouring down rain and zero visibility. But finally I decided the alternate route was an hour and 20 minutes longer and I said screw it I'm going to take the main route. If I have to drive slow and piss people off that's what I'm going to do. So at 7 a.m. the next morning Miss Daisy and I loaded into the van. He laid down on the back seat as would be expected and we made our way home. The drive home took longer than the drive down. The drive down took a little under 10 hours. Now, the rain was a part of the problem, but it wasn't as bad as I expected. Actually, the majority of the drive was rain-free, thank goodness. Unfortunately, when the rain started to really kick in, it was right in the mountainous regions of West Virginia, and I'm fucking grandma going 50 miles an hour in the right lane. Luckily, everybody else seemed to be just about as freaked out, and very few people were actually passing me. But when it was time for lunch or getting close to, I asked Skylar, I said, what are you in the mood for? I really don't want McDonald's and ideally not Wendy's because we had Wendy's on the drive down. I said, Arby's, Burger King, if I see one of those, is that okay? And he said, yeah, that sounds good. So I see a Burger King. It's it's an exit that's just filled with all kinds of food and grocery stores and marketplaces and all this stuff. Big exit with all kinds of stuff. Perfect. I get off the exit and all the signs for gas stations and food points left. Burger King and one gas station points right. I turn right, going to Burger King. 
I see the gas station on the left. I see no Burger King. And then I realize I'm on like a kind of smaller freeway, like route or whatever. And I can see ahead of me for like two miles up this hill, but it's just trees on both sides and like commercial buildings and stuff like that. But no Burger King, no houses, nothing. I'm like, it's got to be up at the top of this hill then because you certainly wouldn't put a sign that says fast food is off this exit if it's not off this exit. Well, these pieces of shit decided, hey, if the Burger King is at least 46 miles away, we can go ahead and put it on the sign. I finally ended up driving a couple miles on this route with no sign of real civilization or houses or anything other than a commercial building or warehouse every once in a while. I turned around, said, fuck it, we're getting McDonald's. We had to drive all the way back under the underpass, get our McDees, get back on the road. Then once we're in West Virginia, I've now made it through the harrowing, rainy, super curvy and mountainous areas. We're just south of Charleston and I gotta pee real bad. And I see an exit that has all kinds of gas stations on it, food, all that stuff. I'm like, okay, good. Even if the first gas station I go to doesn't have a bathroom, I'm sure I can find another one. Worst comes to worst, I'll go piss in a fast food restaurant. I get off the exit. Within about 50 yards, I'm greeted with a fucking toll. I had to pay to get to the exit. It's like, son of a bitch, why is every exit I'm getting off on like another fucking freeway? So that piss cost me money, but in hindsight, it was probably worth it. So we finished our drive home, and I I will tell you, like, if you're a traveler, especially if you're driving, there is nothing worse than the last hour driving home. Driving down that last hour, it was tough for me because of the vertigo and just wanting to get my eyes off the road and be out of the car. But when you recognize everything and you know, like, it just drags on and on. But we got home safely, as you know, because I'm recording a podcast. And, you know, overall, it was other than a lack of time management, other than the rain, other than the less than stellar tour guide in Savannah, the trip served the purpose it was meant to serve, which was time spent together with family. So, Mom, again, I know you're a listener. I want to thank you for being an amazing, gracious host. I want to thank you for filling us with calories that could kill a horse. And I want to thank you for being such a good sport with the fact that we constantly ribbed the shit out of you. That's my nature. If you haven't been able to tell by the podcast, I've passed that on to my son. But I will tell you, my mom passed it on to me. So she can take it. She gives as good as she gets. But I'm also glad to be home. My cat, Gooby, Gooby McGee, her name is Cessna. Little baby dubs. She's right at my feet right now because she has not left my side since I got home. In fact, I opened the garage door with my hands full when I got home and she was standing there and just yelled at me. So she's a happy girl. I'm happy to be home. We did drive home on the first day of fall and Ohio let us know because when we left, it was in the 80s in Ohio. When we returned, it was in the 50s during the day. Thank you, Ohio. I have rambled on extensively about this trip, and I appreciate you all hanging in there. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Please go to jeffshafer.com. That's J-E-F-S-H-A-F-F-E-R.com and find out more about my music, my Etsy store. You already know about the podcast, and that's about it. 
Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeff. <laughs> Good night.